We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marcelin Brothers Podcast. So, like we discussed during the last podcast, we have changed up the way that we are doing our podcast. You know, the instead of having one long episode where we have two different, or I guess a couple of things together, when you have the intro, what's going on, you got the current events, and then you got the main topic, now we're going to switch it up. We're going to have the current events and the main topic, or current events, and the, hey, what's going on? one of the weeks and then we're gonna have another week that's going to be our hot topic so this is the episode that we will be talking about our hot topic and the topic that we will be talking about today is work-life balance that's a good one that's a good topic everyone everyone who has a job has to deal with this everyone in life has to deal with this work and life these are two things that everyone's doing regardless of whether you're getting paid for it or not and it's very important to balance it out and find the perfect um, balance between the two all right so you may notice that there are only two voices on the screen so we are missing our main man marvelous marcelin mlm e wanted to be here he wanted to be able to participate but my man's tired after a very very long week so marvin hopefully you're listening to the podcast you're going to critique us so the next time you come on you're going to make sure as our secretary that we're going to make sure that we say the right stuff and you will probably point out to us every single mistake that we did on the podcast so we're waiting for it oh yeah can't wait all right, without further ado, work-life balance. So, the reason, well, actually, it was Marvin that picked this topic. So, Marvin picked this topic, he's not even on the podcast. Of course. So, he cannot tell me what his thought process was on this, but, again, like we said, Marston Brothers Podcast, we talk about everyday topics, because we're everyday people. So I think work-life balance is a good topic for us to talk about, just like what Christopher is alluding to, because this is something that we all can work on. And hopefully after this conversation, we can throw out some tips, some discussion points on what we do for our work-life balance. And then, you know, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot from you because, again, you juggle all the things that you do. And I need to figure out how you have so many hours in the day and maybe I can pick up on some stuff and then maybe you can pick up some stuff from what I talk about. So hopefully you and I will learn in addition to our MVP crew. All right. So that being said, Christopher, you are currently in your anesthesiology residency. Yes. In my last year. Thank goodness. Thank you are, goodness. You are a father and your husband. So what I want to know for the first question, and this is like a part one of three questions, how do you juggle one, your residency with all the different stuff that you got to do? Two, you are a husband. So you got a lot of responsibilities when it comes to being a husband. 
three, you are a father of not one, but two beautiful children. And then four, how do you get all that stuff all balanced out together all at once? So this is a four-part question. So we're going to start off with question number one. How are you able to be an anesthesiology resident and still be alive? <laughs> so I'm jokingly, but seriously, one of the biggest answers is you're definitely no sleep. Uh, cutting back on the amount of sleep you get. Hashtag team no sleep. <laughs> yeah. So there's 24 hours in a day. If you're required to be at your job for, you're scheduled for 12, but you're really there for closer to 14, that leaves 10 hours left for everything else. Uh, you're going to get X amount of hours uh, dedicated to the other groups, and whatever you get left over, that's what I use for sleep. So I probably average between, we'll, we'll be generous, five to six hours of sleep a night. Um, that's on the generous side. Yeah, that's on okay. the generous side. Um, anesthesia, the anesthesia residency, that's a little easier just because that has set defined times. That's your normal job, your nine to five. You have to be here at 5.30, 6 a.m. And you leave when the cases are done. So that's kind of more, that's dictated to you. That's, that's the kind of what I build around. So usually that's the hardest thing to schedule and the least flexible. So I start off with that skeleton and I kind of build, as bad as it sounds, I build my life around the anesthesia residency. So for a typical month, um, I'll bother the team chiefs or whoever's in charge to get that schedule out for the next few months. Uh, the earlier, the better. Once I get the schedule out, then I'll kind of layer around it uh, the, the child care duties as far as what days am I available? What days do we need a babysitter? What days can my wife cover having both the kids? So first is the residency schedule. And then around that, we do the babysitting schedule. And then we try to fit in life around that afterwards. So got to be very strict kind of at the beginning of the month, uh, planning out exactly every single day. And it's very, very, very tough. It's a very rigid schedule, so it's tough to deviate from the plan once it's on paper, it's almost impossible to switch it out. So that's kind of another thing where I've had to play hardball where I kind of let everyone in the program know and say, listen, the schedule's out. I cannot change. I build my entire life around the schedule that you put out. So those dates are not flexible for me and I'm not able to change. So I kind of had to put it down there. Um, afterwards, then kind of... The next thing would be just getting routines. Very, very, very good time management. I mean, I started off the gate with there's 24 hours in a day. No matter what we do, there's nothing we can do to change that. So it becomes a little simple math once you take it step by step. I average probably 12 to 14 hours a day with the anesthesia program. So that gets subtracted out right off the top. So that leaves me with 10 hours to squeeze uh, father, husband, and life. Okay, so <clears throat> so let me, you have some really, really good topics that, that I wanted to bring out. So one of the things that I liked is the whole schedule aspect where 
know, you kind of wait for the schedule to come out. And based on that schedule, that's the initial block that you use. So you got your days, you know what your hours are. And from there, you kind of have an idea of where do I start from? So you kind of give the job the opportunity to pencil in, you know, what the required shifts are. And then once that's done, you know, you, you kind of plan your life after that. And I agree with you there. Um, I think with myself, I kind of feel like, you know, it's got to be a two-way thing. You know, you and your job, you know, the, the agreement is, hey, I'm here. Tell me what I need to work. Once you give me the times that I need to work, then during those times, all right, I do whatever you need to tell me to do. But outside of those times, then that's my time. So I think that's a very good way to approach when you're trying to build your work-life balance processes. You have your work. These are my work hours. These are what are required for me. And then from there, you plan on other things. So I think that is something that's good because you have to be able to start from somewhere so I think the easiest thing to do is you start off with your required responsibilities at work. And then from there, you, I don't know if you say you, you kind of move forward from that. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I think that's, you know, work-life balance. Another thing that you brought up was, you know, once you have that time, especially when you're juggling so much, you have to be very jealous of the time that you do have. And you have to let people know ahead of time, hey, these are my hours. This is what you told me. Now I'm doing what this is. You know, if I can help, then I, I'll try to help. But just as you are holding me to a contract that these are the hours that you want me to work, you know, the vice versa, you know, should be true as well. So I do like that. And then you kind of tell yourself, okay, 12 hours is work. So now with the rest of the 12 hours, I got to figure out how to do, you know, all the other stuff that I have to do with my stuff. So that's that's a good way to start it off. So I do like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> once we take off the 14 hours, there's 10 hours left to squeeze everything else in. So, so let's talk about uh, husband. Yeah. So for the husband, basically one of the biggest things that I've started doing that I noticed a big difference on is leaving work at work so that I'm trying to not intermingle the different aspects of the life, keeping everything in its box. Once I get off of work, that's it. I'll give myself the car ride to kind of, uh, if I'm having a bad day, brood and have whatever sad feelings or if it's a good day, it's usually easier. Once I get home, that's it. The anesthesia resident cap comes off and the husband father cap comes on. So let's um, talk about a little bit about so your car ride. So how long is your car ride? Just to give people, because I think that's a good thing that you're bringing up, too, is with that car ride, because you've got work and then you've got home, but you can't necessarily go from work to home. You've got to have a little bit of time in between to compress. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about your so the decompression phase, and I think the decompression phase is something that I want our viewers and our listeners 
to think about as maybe as your time because in work-life balance you've got all that stuff but then what we didn't talk about that you'll probably start introducing is you need time for yourself as well yeah so let's talk true. a little bit about that's that decompression true. time what do you do why is it important so for that my commute's probably we live in south florida so there's lots of traffic uh the traffic is probably from being generous 2 30 p.m to about 8 30 9 o'clock that's when you have the bumper to bumper gridlock traffic so my commute's anywhere from 35 minutes to an hour and a half uh, usually what i try to do in this commute is initially uh, reflect how my day went uh, how did i get everything accomplished work-wise, anesthesia-wise, that I wanted to? Was there anything I missed? Is there any work that I didn't get done? How can I be more efficient? I'm always constantly reevaluating efficiency. Efficiency is how you get through with the work-life balance. Work smart, not hard. What can I do to cut down on downtime? Was there any downtime where I could be doing other things as far as studying or doing charting while waiting in line in the cafeteria to kind of increase and speed up the efficiency to get out of the work earlier. Then I kind of go over kind of, you know, we're all human. We all have emotions. Um, how the day was, was someone mm -hmm. annoying me, irritating? Was it happy, sad? Was there a lot of um, traumas, um, hard days, hard patients, or was it happy? Um, a lot of babies being born, kind of every day is different. Then I kind of like to listen to music, at least one song to kind of reset and just kind of dive into the song, forget about everything else. And then depending on where I'm at with the anesthesia cycle, I'm either listening to anesthesia podcasts to review and study on the car ride home. I either am calling my wife to see how her day was, I'm calling friends, or I'm listening to financial podcasts, either one. So no matter what, I'm trying to get a little bit of work done on the ride home. So I do like that. So <clears throat> I feel that, like we talked about it before, that personal time where you are able to decompress and and reflect on the day when you have personal time personal time is very important because I feel that it's somebody it's something that helps you become a better person and it also allows for you to just think just be you do what you want to do you are you yourself and having that moment of self-reflection is important because you're able to grow from it you're able to take off any masks. You don't have to wear the anesthesiologist mask anymore. You get to be really you, who you are to the bare bones. You, know, you get to think to yourself. You don't have to impress anybody. And I think you're also setting that reset button because you're about to transition hats from anesthesiologist to now husband. So that personal time, I would encourage all of our listeners and viewers to really think about what are some things you need to do mentally to take care of yourself because I think it's proper self-hygiene 
and it's something that also can cleanse you. So I know for me, my decompression is very similar. You know, on the way home, what I'll end up doing is I'll listen to podcasts. I will, you know, very quickly, you know, if I've got anything in my head that I need to mentally check off the list and make sure that I finish, I'll do that. But for me, it's pretty much podcast time where I get to use this as an opportunity to be able to be efficient in some other products that I have. I currently am listening to the Dave Ramsey show. That's something that I've listened to a lot more in these past couple of weeks. And it excites me because I get to then focus on other aspirations that I have outside of work. And instead of taking a class in whatever area where I have to go to a library or I have to go to a university to be able to pass a class, this is self-learning. I think in addition to podcasts, audiobooks are really good. It's just a really good way to be able to be very efficient. But at the same time, that's not the only thing that you need to do. I think like what you said, you know, sometimes when people come home and they watch music, they watch TV and what they do with TV is they just sit, their mind isn't thinking, they're able to just let their mind break and rest. So different people do it different ways, but I do agree with you. I think that decompression time between job and home is very important because you want to make sure that you are capitalizing on those 12 hours outside of work to the most of your ability. And that car ride is a nice way to be able to do it. So go ahead and talk about being the husband and what you do when you get back. So then, like I said before, as soon as I get home, I leave work at work and I focus 100% on my wife and the kids, the family. Um, initially, first, I try to assess the situation, see how her day went, how her day's going, and see how I can help out, whether it's cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the living room, taking the kids to the park so she can have a little bit of alone time, uh, whatever she needs done. I kind of try to assess the situation, greet her, talk to her, see how her day was, focus on her, um, give her some adult conversation because when you're around a two and a half year old and a baby all day, all you hear are, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have that? Why are the stairs there? Why is the sky blue? Why is this? Why is that? And lots of not really stimulating conversations so you definitely do miss talking to adults um, after being home with kids all day Um, and then after that i kind of transition to father so first i make sure that the wife is okay if there's see if there's anything i can help out with then i switch to father and i just completely pay attention to the kids for the last couple of hours that they're up um, then we do dinner, um, and then we do our bedtime routine, and then after the bedtime routine, it's back to husband, paying attention to the wife, and just um, seeing how her day went again. Man. <clears throat> so, before you know it, and then at the end of the day, then I guess you do your five hours. So, all that stuff, the... Going home, husband, father, still got to eat. 
you got to fit all that stuff in in like three or four hours essentially because after that then it's time for you to go to bed to recharge again and then start it all over again yeah so what are some do you have any traditions or you know any routines that help you with your family activities so i definitely I wouldn't call it a tradition, more of a routine, but I guess the more I think about it, it could be a tradition is I think it helps to leave work at home, not be on phone calls, taking text, work, reading work, emails, doing any sort of work, and just 100% focusing on the kids, or at least on the family, that I guess our routine is to try to go to the park as often as we can. That way you're even disconnected from the cell phone, the computers, you're in an outdoor environment, the kids are happy, they're stimulated, they're running around. Um, you get to get a little bit of fresh air and run around also. So that's definitely something that's probably been kind of a, a routine, not really tradition, but yeah. Yeah, I think what for about me, yourself? one of the things that I try to do a lot is my goal is to always make sure that I'm able to see Ophelia before she goes to sleep. So because of that, that gives a me a time that I have to go home because Ophelia is in bed, like she's finished with her routine and is asleep by eight o'clock. So for me, one of the things that Leah and I like to do is walk around the block as a family. So Liam, myself, and Ophelia, we walk around the block. And during this time, it is a time that allows for me to be able to sit and hang out with Leah, see how she's doing. And then Ophelia is usually in her stroller and she's just enjoying herself. So Leah and I will kind of talk about our days and it's something that we look forward to and we really do as much as we can to try to keep that going because it always brings us back together so you know some days are easier than other days and of course things come up there are deadlines there are projects but that time that we have the three of us is kind of like our family time because after that you know either leah or myself will put Ophelia to bed and you know that routine is about a let's say probably a 30 minute routine that's not bad you guys shaved it down to 30 minutes i'm impressed well i mean the way that i do it and and that's where you know for me being able to be the father you know i get to do more of that when it's me putting her to bed because, you know, we got the walk around the block thing. And our walk around, we usually start around 6.35 or 6.45. And we'll finish around 7.15 and maybe 7.30. So it's about a 30 to 45 minute walk. And we do like the T, the whole entire block. So that's 45 minutes there. And then you got 30 minutes after that. So then, you know, that's pretty much our an hour and 15 minutes is what we what I usually have on the days that I do put her to bed. It's on the days that Leah puts her to bed, then it's, you know, about 45 minutes that we all get to hang out with each other. And then on the weekends, 
usually what we try to do is Leah will have a day where she gets to do something for her, and then I'll have a day where I get to do something for me. So on those days where I get to, she gets to do something for her, then that's more daddy-daughter time, which is really fun. And then on the days where I'm doing my own thing, that's where I kind of get to reflect, you know, work on myself as an individual and have that me personal self-reflection time. So for me, that usually consists of doing yard work, working out, and yes, they may seem like they're chores, but those are also times where it is reflection time. You know, when I'm working out, I'm listening to podcasts, or maybe I'm talking on the phone with somebody, or when I'm out in the yard, yeah, I'm maintaining how things are but at the same time it's a chance for me to be able to hit the reset button so i try to use every opportunity that i can to capitalize on something that will allow me to be a better person and allow me to be able to get back to who i am so that is one suggestion that i would give people is yeah you maybe you're doing chores maybe you're having to do dishes but maybe while you're doing the dishes you do something else or you think about other things so you have to make sure that you're capitalizing on every single second of the day. And I think when you do that, that's how you are able to maintain that work-life balance. That's good. So my question for you is, is there any specific moment in your life that kind of helped you shape how you process your work-life balance or how you come up with your system? I think for me, it's the older I get, I've probably got to say when I think going into college was the first time that I really understood how much time there is in a day because, you know, when you're in high school, you go to school for eight hours and after that you've got practice for sports. After sports practice, then you got to go home, eat, do homework, go to sleep, and then you do it all over again. When you get to college, at least for me, because I didn't play college sports, my classes were, you know, I would take maybe between 12 and 15 credits. And I, all of a sudden I realized, wow, that's a lot of time, <laughs> you know, from 12 to 3, 12 to 4. Gosh, that's four hours where before in high school I didn't have anything to do or I, I was always busy. But now it's like, oh, man, what do I do with these four hours? And for me, I refuse to just go back to the dorm and just goof off. So I spent, I like to spend the whole day outside because once I'm home, I'm home. Once I'm at my desk, it's very hard for me to go back and do stuff. You know, even now, you know, I bring my laptop from time to time thinking that I'm going to do work, but I really don't do any work. So I think at that phase in college is when I learned one, do all the work that I can at work, do all the school work that I can at school, try not to mix school work and fun because it's not, you're not going to really be able to do a good job at that. But it also showed me that, hey, what are all the things that I can do before I get home? So, you know, my typical classes in college at noon, I'd be out, I'd eat, after I eat, maybe I'd work out, after I work out, then I would go to the library, 
spend as much time as possible in the library. Then it's dinner time, eat, do some more work. And then when I go back, I'm done with everything that I need to do. And now I can do whatever I want to do for the rest of the afternoon to evening. And then slowly through college, you know, one other thing that taught me about time management was my t was in my collegiate days being a part of Kappa Psi. So going through that process, you all of a sudden now those times that you didn't have things to do, now you have stuff to do. And I wouldn't necessarily say that the time that I spent with the fraternity was equal to the time that you play sports, but anytime that you've got stuff that you've got to pile up on, then you start to realize the little free time that you have is more important than when you had four or five hours of free time. And it just makes you do a lot more. So I would say long answer short, I figured that stuff out a lot from that transition from high school to college. And then from college to professional, I kind of went back and I had more time that I didn't have before. But when I was in residency, then I had even less time, but I was able to use those same principles that I used before. So I think that is when I really started to figure out and fine tune it. And then now, especially now being home and having three or four different hats, I think it's continued to slowly get better and better and better because all I have is what I have. I agree. I would say for me also, the growing took place from the transition up from high school to college. Uh, mine was a little more structured and kind of handed to me. And it was kind of just follow this recipe for success. But I found that it really kind of worked very well. Uh, I started my day very similar to like I'm doing now, getting up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning. I'd have the morning workouts, right after the morning workouts, shower, eat breakfast, and then I would lump all my classes, just like you said, I'd lump all my classes from eight to two or three in a row with probably only a break for food. If I could help it, if I could avoid it, I'd probably prefer to eat lunch around two o'clock after all my classes. After that, I would go to film study before practice for football. I played football in college, so I'd go to film study after classes. Oftentimes, even then, I learned uh, multitasking to kind of make myself more efficient. I'd run, grab food, and bring the food to the film study and eat there. After film study, then we'd have practice. After practice, we'd get dinner. After dinner, we had a study hall where we kind of had to do our homework or whatever assignments we had. Uh, maybe an hour or two after that for social life. And then it's try to be in bed by... 10, 11, and be back up by four to do it all over again. And I kind of figured out at that age, um, even talking to, I call them civilians, but uh, the non-sports <laughs> people that were in my dorms, even talking to them, they would still get 15 hours of sleep or whatever and still wake up tired. So I kind of figured out at an early age, whether or not you're getting four or 15 hours of sleep, you're still going to have that initial period of tiredness in the morning, that first hour or so, might as well make use of it, get up early, get some work done while everyone else is sleeping. And I figured out I was kind of having like two days of work to other people's one day. And that was kind of a major reason I was able to accomplish a lot of things 
at the same time without taking an extra year of college or extra year anywhere else and kind of squeeze it all in. So I kind of carried that over. I learned if I wanted to do more things to just wake up earlier and go to sleep later and just get less sleep. So it's been working out so far. And sure, there's some days that you kind of have to drop some things and get that extra hour of sleep, but you can definitely get a lot more done and you become a lot more efficient once you realize there's only 24 hours in a day. And I, my homework assignment for you would be to kind of just reevaluate, reassess, and see what you're doing with these 24 hours. Break it down. It's simple math. How many hours are you sleeping? Are you sleeping 10 hours? Are you sleeping 12 hours? Well, that only leaves you 12 hours left of being up to get things done. Minimum, you're probably spending three hours eating. So that's nine hours after that, uh, maybe an hour or two in traffic, seven hours. And once you start to kind of take away the things that you don't even notice, you realize, wow, you only have four hours of workable hours a day. And just reevaluate what are you doing with those four hours? Are you on Facebook? Are you on social media? Are you watching The Bachelor on TV? What are you doing with the four free hours you have? So what it comes down to is everyone has a number that they have and trying to see what you can squeeze into that time and just be as efficient as possible. I think the working, the waking up early is one of the biggest hustles, one of the biggest hacks you can do. Like for me, <clears throat> when Leah and I had Ophelia, you know, it changed the way, you know, we we looked at our life and I think anybody who has a kid can identify with that. So for me, working out was one of the items that I thought I didn't have any time for. And one day I told myself, you know what, I've got to make sure that I fit working out in because one, it's taking care of me. Two, I like how working out makes me feel. And three, you know, just from a health perspective and to be able to make sure that I'm able to keep up with the philia, I need to make sure that I'm still in shape. And it's amazing how something like on Saturdays and Sundays, maybe instead of sleeping in, just do that workout. You know, you're, I mean, again, I'm not a collegiate athlete. I'm not a high school athlete anymore. I'm just working out for activities of daily living. So all I really need is 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes. That 30, 35 minutes. A week. Yeah, you wake up. You know, gym opens at 7. Maybe I wake up at 6.30, 6.45, get to the gym. Nobody's there. Since nobody's there, I'm able to knock out my stuff. I come back. And then maybe Leah's still asleep. Maybe Ophelia's still asleep. Or maybe they're just getting up. And now I knocked off the one thing that I really needed to do. And versus if I were to sleep for that hour and I don't get that workout in, now I'm mad because I can't get that workout in. And two, it throws me off. And three, there's no way that I can leave after everybody gets up because I like to spend and catch up with that time. So I think being able to wake up an hour earlier than you do now, you'll be surprised at how much stuff you're able to figure out. Two, staying up maybe one hour later than you normally do can also help you fit in stuff if you're not an individual who's an early riser. And then three, using those times in between transitioning from one phase to another, being able to fit in some of that stuff really helps me out a lot. 
I don't watch as much TV as I used to. Right now, I use that time to be able to do podcasts, to research for future podcasts. You know, I'm board certified, so sometimes I have to do CEs. So cutting that TV out, you'll be surprised how much stuff you're really actually able to fit in. You know, looking at the phone, I think we all have a nervous habit of doing it, but there is an app called screen time where there's a setting on your phone that's called screen time and it lets you know how often you glow on the screen you know i think that's another thing that i want the viewers to do is if you don't have it download that or again i think when i pull it up when i swipe to the left all the way on the bottom it says screen time and it'll tell you how much time you use your iphone and take a look at that because i think you'll really be surprised that if i'm on the screen for that long what could I be doing with that time? And I think for that first week, when you take a look at how much time you're actually on the phone, it really may tell you how much time you can be using for something else. So I think that's probably the biggest takeaway point right there is just the amount of idle time that you're using on your phone. What can you do to be a little more productive? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like in wrapping this up, if I were to give you guys a piece of advice uh, before we leave, I would say once again, the one thing that's concrete is there's 24 hours in a day and just constantly at the end of your day, at the end of your week, reevaluate, reassess, see where your time is going. I mean, something that you're not paying attention to disappears from you. But if you're kind of, it doesn't have to be very strict, but if you're loosely kind of paying attention to exactly what you're doing, you can see kind of where you can become more efficient. Is it uh, something as simple as down here in South Florida, there's tons of traffic. If your job starts at nine and you get out the door at 8.30 and you're sitting there in traffic from 8.30 to nine versus if you get up at seven, you can get to your job by 7.10 and then spend that hour off the road at your job early, checking emails or doing whatever you could be doing instead of driving little hacks you can do to kind of beat the system. Um, if you're spending two hours in traffic on the way home, maybe go to the gym, walk to the gym, walk, run, do your workout at your work area, then hop in the car afterwards and maybe traffic will pass by then. So just kind of try to look for little hacks to save time as you can and just constantly reevaluate, reassess, and see where you want to be, where you're at now, and make a plan on how to get there. And I think to add that to is that decompression time. I think that's very important. I think what you talked about before with looking at how many hours do you have at work, and then from there, spacing out what you're going to do for the rest of that day. So splitting up family time, which is husband or wife time, which is you know, being a parent time and then your time. I think writing down everything that you're doing in a day and I think looking at that screen time app, those are all things that you can take a look at to really figure out what you're doing and prioritizing what you're doing. And from there, any time that you're looking for, you'll be able to figure it out from doing those few exercises. So I do think that's a good stopping point. Anything else you want to add before I sign us out? No, just enjoy life 
and you only get one of those, so make it as fruitful as you can in what time we were blessed with here on this earth. All right. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you've been able to sit back, relax, and enjoy that MVP attack. Again, this is Harry. That's my brother, Alan Christopher Marcelin right there. Marvin, he's out there somewhere. Enjoy your break. We'll be there next time. And without further ado, we're out. Take it easy. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. 